The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The rhetoric during the campaign was, uh, you know, kind of sobering and discouraging, you know, taking us back to kind of Willie Horton-era uh, politics. So encouraging to see the response, but more more broadly, our uh, our body politic, both throughout our state and nationally, it's, it's sobering and discouraging um, that we are we are still uh, seeing what we saw during the campaign. So, well, you used a, a very charged historical reference there, Willie Horton. Will you go a little deeper into that? Sure, and, and I know you you have an astute listenership, so that we'll, we'll call that 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 time period and the, the the ad there and how uh, really race was weaponized. Um, and and like look, we doing. have significant public safety issues uh, in Manhattan, in the state, and nationally. Um, I know that. I'm living them. I'm raising my family here. As I said, I've been here all Yuck. 49 of my years. Uh, but we've got to talk about them in a sober, fact-driven way and about reality uh, and not – I mean, if you looked at uh, um, you know, those ads, which I tried to not watch, but they were appeared to be ubiquitous, uh, there were times where I was the only black face. Uh, and um, one has to ask whether that was intentional, whether uh, what the message being sent was. Let's talk about the work we're doing in the office um, every day and not just have, you know, rote uh, tropes uh, from years gone by. Sometimes I wonder where I've been, who I am, do I fit in, make believe. Irene Cara from the movie Fame out here on my own. Irene passed away this weekend at the age of 63 years old. Fame, flash dance. Once again, a part of my childhood died this weekend. She was great with this song. This is a beautiful song. Once again, out here on my own, Irene Cara. It's a shame she had to follow that lying, racist, lowlife POS garbage Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg. What a racist lowlife he is tried to claim that Lee Zeldin's rhetoric his campaign was racist. Before I get to that, though, and the great Joe Borelli, I do want to once again make mention of uh, Joe Murray. 
What a job this guy did in Rockaway on Saturday night, the Little North Pole, an annual event. I just moved to Rockaway a few months ago. Never never knew about it. Never been there, never knew about it. And um, was invited, co-hosted the event with uh, Joe Causey. Joe's a terrific guy, legendary here in, in New York. And um, David, um, well, I'm going to get this guy's name wrong, Todd Wharton, that's what it was. And the three of us hosted this wonderful event for the Juvenile Diabetes Foundation, which Joe does a great job of raising money for every year. I had the, um, the fortunate opportunity, if you will, of introducing my very, very dear friend Stephen Van Zant on stage. Van Zant was there on Saturday uh, for Tony Sirico. Sirico, a.k.a. Paulie Walnuts, had been there for 16 consecutive years. He loved the kids. But, of course, Tony died this year. So Stephen Van Zandt, a.k.a. Silvio Dante from The Sopranos, and, of course, uh, the great little Stevie from Bruce Springsteen's E Street Band, he showed up uh, on Saturday for Tony Sirico. And, again, it was just an amazing, amazing event. It really was. And everybody loved it. Everybody loved it. And there were thousands of people there. Lou was there with MJ for a little bit, my beautiful wife, Danielle, my son, Gabriel. And it was a great event. Now, tonight they continue it with uh, Kids with Autism. They'll be by the house later on tonight. So it's not just a one-day event just for diabetes. It's a couple of days. So congratulations to Joe Murray and the folks, his uh, fiance Jody, and all the folks involved in that great Little North Pole event. It was beautiful. Can't wait to do it again next year. Now, my next guest is a councilman out of Staten Island, majority leader. Guy is uh, great. Saw him on Fox News this morning. Longtime friend of mine and great guest on this show, Joe Borelli. Joe, happy Thanksgiving. Merry Christmas. How are you, pal? You too. I mean, I'm enjoying Thanksgiving turkey sandwich leftovers like I'm sure everybody else is. But by the way, I'm glad you shouted out Joe Causey. He's my neighbor over here in Annadale. And it should be noted that when there, whenever there's a charity event, whenever there's a needy cause, Joe Causey's always the first online to volunteer his services and his time. Uh, and dig into his pocket. So he deserves a, a big shout-out from you, and I'm glad you gave it to him. No, he's a nice, uh, sweet man. He really is. He's been around a long time, and he does a terrific job. And I enjoy him. I've been with him now once or twice. I did that celebrity softball game for Dolores Catania, Real Housewives, a couple of years ago. Joe was there for that. I uh, did this on Saturday. So he um, he's a really terrific guy, so I'm glad you brought him up. Now, uh, on the next note, earlier this morning I had our friend Curtis Sliwa on the show. You guys have had a very ugly back and forth now for a couple of months, dating back to a trip in Greece. But I'll tell you this, this morning, Curtis was 1,000% complimentary talking about your stance on the immigration issue on Staten Island and in New York. Not one negative word from Curtis Sliwa about Joe Borelli this morning. In fact, 1,000% complimentary. Well, this is good. It is the season for uh, rekindling old friendships, I guess. Uh, and good tidings. So I'm glad to hear that. Sid. That's a that's a positive development. And thank you. Do you still hate him? No, look, I, I I try not to think about him. But if he's going to be nice to me, I'm happy to be nice right back to him. And we'll we'll we'll, we'll make a New Year's resolution to start the year fresh. How about they, that? I like that. Yes. Another one of your buddies, Johnny Tobacco. He was actually oh, at the same event on Saturday night with Joe Causey. Was in fact him and Kara showed up. And they did a whole Wise Guys episode for Newsmax coming up this Saturday night. So you can watch this great event with me and Joe Causey and Mayor Eric Adams and Stephen Van Sant and a host of others with Tobacco and Cara on Newsmax on Saturday. How about that? That's that's exciting. I'm exciting for the big Newsmax Christmas party. I'm sure you're going to be there. Nope. Uh, that's going to be a blowout like it was last year. It's yeah, going to be, be a there. good time. Why would I be there? I don't work there. Oh, he invites everybody. Who's he? 
Uh, Chris Ruddy. Chris Ruddy <laughs> and the, the production crew. Yeah, I don't know. He, I don't know. Right, Where's I, know, well, I know Johnny Tobacco will be there. Now, he, where, he and I were having a Well, Johnny there. works there. Where's the party at? Uh, I'm not exactly sure. I, no. I just got the invitation over the weekend, but okay. uh, it, it's somewhere in Manhattan. Okay. Well, I did see you on Fox News this morning, the competitor for a Newsmax, the competition. Uh, very early, you looked great, you sounded great, and you were talking about Alvin Bragg. I played that piece with him on the Brian Lehrer Show from last Wednesday, where this lowlife was actually accusing Lee Zeldin of running a racist campaign and racist rhetoric. And I reminded listeners this morning that Lee Zeldin was a lot more uh, critical of a white lady, Kathy Hochul, than he was of Alvin Bragg. And Alvin needs to know that people don't care that he's black. We just don't like the fact that all these percentage of crimes are going up in a big way in this city. I thought what he did last week, claiming it was racist and the rhetoric was uh, really gross. But, hey, that's Alvin Bragg. I guess you weren't surprised. No, it's it's just basically par for the course. I mean, there are plenty of progressive DAs. There are plenty, you know, around New York State. There's plenty of DAs who would, you know, wear the moniker progressive very proudly. Only one of those people, only one of them out of all 62 counties, decided to make a day one memorandum where they came out and said, we're going to take felonies and we're going to make them misdemeanors. We're going to make misdemeanors and we're going to, you know, S-H-I-T-C-A-N them. Right. Only one DA did that. He happens to be black, but only one district attorney in the entire state of New York ran on a campaign promise of of freeing people from jail, not prosecuting cases, and downplaying most serious offenses to misdemeanors. Only one guy did that. To say it's racist now to call him out on his absolute nonsense is in and of itself absolute nonsense. And I would venture to say, and and, and maybe maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm overanalyzing this, but I think Alvin Bragg was as responsible – for picking up four House seats for Republicans in the suburbs, as Lee Zeldin was. Because all of these people in the suburbs have family members, have relatives, have friends who commute to Manhattan every day. They don't have a say in voting for for Alvin Bragg, but they jumped on the bandwagon and supported Lee Zeldin because of his promise to clean up Manhattan by cleaning up Alvin Bragg. I think Alvin Bragg is one of the best Republican uh, DAs we've ever had for electing a Republican majority. <laughs> You're probably right. And I actually had dinner with Peter King the night and saw one of those guys, Anthony Desposito, out of Long great Island. Guy. Yeah, he is a great guy. One of those four seats that did flip, like Joe Brody just told you about. I, I just, you know, I, I just uh, last week, I think, Kathy Hochul made the argument for Alvin Bragg, hey, it's not his fault that folks are committing crimes. It's not his fault. I mean, does she think we're stupid? Of course, we know that. What is his fault and her fault, too, is not keeping criminals in jail. And Brian Lehrer, I got to tell you, I know he's a liberal, but to let that guy sit there and say that without at some point jumping down his throat is, um, I guess, part of the course. But I'm always disappointed, Joe. It's, it's a tough listen. It's a disappointing time, uh, right, coming off the heels of the midterms where we elected Kathy Hochul. But I want to play devil's advocate for a moment because I heard that interview with Brian Lair. Uh, there's one thing that Alvin Bragg is actually correct on. He singled out the discovery law, which is a part of our bail reform. Yeah. The discovery law in New York State makes it almost impossible for a district attorney who actually wants to prosecute cases. It makes it almost impossible in a timely fashion to prosecute cases against felons and misdemeanors. That said, where is Alvin Bragg? Why isn't he going up to Albany and sitting down with the state Senate, sitting down with with the state assembly, sitting down with Kathy Hochul as the leading progressive, as he would be proud to call himself, and saying, wow, guys, your bail reform law is so bad that even me, progressive Alvin Bragg, 
can't prosecute some criminals when I actually want to prosecute criminals. He should be the guy on the front of the, of the, of the parade yeah. with a big flag saying, change bail reform. I'm going to be lenient. Don't worry about me. But change the bail reform and discovery law so that when even I want to prosecute someone, I'll do it. He's not because he's afraid, and he, he'd rather play the narrative. He'd rather blame uh, Lee Zeldin for being a racist or, or whatever the case may be. He'd rather not stand up to his own party. It is amazing, though. You know, I lived on the Upper West Side for four years, as you know, Joe, before I moved to Queens. And I saw these people out there every day, three park Democrats, and they're all like old Jewish people, white haired. And, and they love people like Alvin Bragg up there. I just what am I missing? Why don't these people understand? There's, there's no way these people want crime. They don't want it. They're elderly people. They're you know, they don't want to get beat up and knocked down when they leave their apartment on 104th Street and try to buy fish on 96th Street. What is wrong with these people? What are they thinking? I think they like the idea of Alvin Bragg. I think they like progressive prosecutors in the old sense. We had, you know, someone like like, like um, uh, the last guy. I can't, can't think of his name. Not Robert Morgan, thought the guy. Uh, Cy Vance. Couldn't yeah, think of his Cy name. Vance, right. Other pro- we've had other progressive prosecutors. By the way, he, but Cy Vance was another scumbag, but go ahead. I'm sorry. But we've had progressive prosecutors that were trying to be lenient. But what they did was look at the perp, look at the contextual uh, information and facts of the case, look at the past criminal history, and then decide whether to be lenient or not. What Alvin Bragg is doing is actually having a policy to be lenient first before you look at the policy, before you look at the perp, before you look at the circumstances. Right? Yeah. We're just going to blanket and say everyone who's convicted of a felony, well, let's try to give them a misdemeanor. That's not how it should be done. You want to be a lenient prosecutor? Go ahead. There's plenty of people who get arrested who probably don't need to spend the rest of their life in jail. But let's discern who we're going to treat like that and who we're going to throw away the key. That's fair. Uh, last thing, I, I saw this this morning, too, during your terrific interview on Fox News, and that was a report that uh, they're trying to pass a bill here in New York that would not allow landlords to check into possible renters or buyers' criminal history. I mean, that is ridiculous. Is that true? It's ridiculous. It comes up every couple of years. Every couple of years, we beat it back. This is a bill where liberals have done the unthinkable. They've united the Hatfields and the McCoys. They've united <laughs> landlords and tenants. Yeah. It turns out, you know who wants their landlord to, to, to do a background check? The tenants who live down the hall. I'll give you a great example, right? We just had this crime where a guy was accused of multiple times throwing bricks through a, a gay bar yeah. in Manhattan. By the way, that was on the heels of the shooting in Colorado Springs. I think the same day, actually. Right, right. But this guy, because he lives in New York, right, he'll be convicted of a hate crime, hopefully, because he's doing it for a hateful purpose. Right? He's doing a, a, a bad thing. You don't want... Are your landlord to find out that this person is vehemently hates LGBT people so bad? You want this guy living in your building next to other reasonable, nice, wonderful LGBT people? And just go down the list of all different criminals and crimes and actions. There's a punch list of people you don't want living in your apartment. All we're happy to do is allow our landlords to once in a while look and do a criminal background check. And if they determine right, – no one's getting kicked out of an apartment for, for a marijuana conviction 20 years ago. That's actually against the law already. But we want them to be able to go down a punch list. Okay, no mass murderers, no rapists, no, no stalkers, no, no cat burglars, right? I'm happy as a tenant that my landlord provides that service. I think the majority of tenants around the city would be happy if their landlord provided that service as well. Hard to argue. Joe Borelli, as always, awesome job. Love having you on. Great job on Fox News early this morning. Better job right here with me. Uh, We'll stay in touch. You're terrific. Thank you so much, Joe. Thank you, sir. Happy Thanksgiving. You too. Joe Borelli, councilman right there out on Staten Island. A lot of great Staten Island people. You know, I, 
I never knew much about Staten Island. I had one friend, Lyle Wopon. Fred, his uncle owned the Mets. That was it. Told you the story a million times. But um, now I have like, I know like so many people. Joe Causey told me on Saturday he lives on Staten Island. Johnny Tobacco, Frank Morano, Joe Borelli. Who am I missing? Uh, Nicole Maliotakis, um, Teddy uh, Atlas, Teddy the great Atlas. Teddy Atlas, Vito Pocella, the Amato sisters. I mean, man, Staten Island. I mean, it's still a silly place. Luigi Bunch Zip. Of, Luigi, Luigi Zip, Zip lives Zip. there. That's right. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> a bunch of mobsters and wannabes, but <laughs> what are you going to do? 